for a lot of business owners, it's going to make a lot more sense to go really deep, deliver a ton of value and become the go-to expert in their niche or industry on TikTok organically. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. Last week on the Marketing Matrix podcast, we talked about big launches and filling a live training. Guys, this is a trend that I'm seeing in my agency and I'm pulling back the curtain and sharing with you what I'm learning from people that are just crushing it with Facebook ads in these launches. So tune in to check it out. But stick around because today we have a fantastic guest who has become known as the go-to expert on marketing with TikTok. That's right. It's Rachel Peterson. I'm excited to dive in, so listen closely. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am joined today by the incredible, beautiful, talented, confident, and friend of mine, Miss Rachel Peterson. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Lisanne, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, guys, I have been dreaming of this interview since we were both at Funnel Hacking Life before the world started to come to an end. And I am so, so, so excited to have this powerhouse come. So Rachel, I had the opportunity to, I I mean, I've been following Rachel for a number of years now, but I had the opportunity to hear her speak at this most recent Funnel Hacking Live. And we even had an opportunity to meet up at a networking event. And this woman is as genuine as she is smart. And um, I wanted to just take a second to just share how excited I am to have her and and tell you a little bit about her and how she presents herself in the marketplace. So Rachel Peterson is the queen of social media. She's an expert in all things social media, and she says like literally every platform, which I totally love. She delights in empowering businesses with social media, sorry, she delights in empowering businesses to create social media strategists that support massive needle moving growth. She teaches busy parents like herself how to find freedom by becoming successful social media managers without sacrificing the things that matter most, including family, friends, and their dreams. And guys, I just have to say, Rachel's one of the few people that I follow who, like her her business marketing and her life are just, like it's one, you know, she does TikToks with her family and you can tell that she will have an idea for something and um, she'll just do it in between things with her kids and with her husband who she always is so cute to say who she loves so much. And so I'm just really, again, Rachel, honored to have you, excited to have you. And um, just am so, so excited to turn the floor over to you and ask you some questions and let you take it away. 
after that intro, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I live up to it. <laughs> Thank you. Let's oh. dive in. Okay, perfect. So for those of you that don't know, Rachel Peterson, um, you, so you, and I would love for you, if you even were to like, how did you, so right now you're really focused on TikTok. How did you, what is your, your journey to get to be the, the TikTok queen? For sure. So my journey goes way back. I was obsessed with my space and I spent a lot of time in middle school and high school grounded and stuck at home. So I was always online, like updating my profile, learning how to code so that I could have the coolest profile and, you know, theme and everything like that. And that was where I started loving social. For me, it was the ability to connect with others, even when I felt kind of like isolated or, well, literally isolated, stuck at home, which is funny because that's actually very much so where we are today. But (laughs) so then uh, I started jumping into Twitter and having some fun right when I became a single mom. And once again, I was, you know, at home with this baby uh, in, a, in a phase of my life where I'm single and my friends are all going out and I can't afford a babysitter. So I started tweeting to like reality stars from TV shows and they started tweeting back and it was the coolest thing. Th- those were the moments where I would just have these like geek out moments. And I started connecting with some people from The Bachelor and I actually built a friendship with one of the producers of The Bachelor. And we started, we connected for years and emailed each other and supported each other. And it was, it was a really awesome and really odd friendship for that reason, you know, like she was in Hollywood and, and then it was about six years ago that one of my clients came into the salon when I was a hairstylist and she said, you know, my husband and I bought this little chicken chain. Uh, will you show me your tweeter? And I got really freaked out. And I was like, what do you mean? Show me your tweeter. But what she really meant was they desperately needed help with social media. And so I started helping them. And even though I so did not feel qualified, I knew that I knew more than them and that I could help guide them on this platform. And so, you know, I started with Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then slowly moved into all the other platforms. I think it then went also LinkedIn, and then I want to say then TikTok and then really YouTube. I've had a YouTube for five and a half years, but I haven't had success until TikTok started taking off. So that was kind of the journey was learning each platform and the nuances of every single space and yeah, the culture as crazy as that sounds of each platform. I love that. And I just have to say, I have, I don't know if you've been watching the, uh, the bachelor best seasons ever that they've been doing during <gasps> quarantine. Have you been watching those? I haven't, but now you just gave me something to binge. Okay. So they are like, they are consolidating an entire season into a two hour episode and they're like going through one a week. So they just like, I just watched the Ben Higgins episode. And so you've got, you've got to check it out. So, so Chris is like producing them from his home and it's actually really cool. Like how they're doing it. So what's Um, your favorite season of the bachelor or bachelorette? My, okay, so my favorite Bachelorette was JoJo. Ooh, and, that was a good one. And this most recent one with Peter was pretty hard to beat, let's be honest. It was pretty good. I liked Peter's. It, I, would love, I was so frustrated. Did you see that him and Kelly are now together? Yes! I, what? I lost it. I cannot even believe it. Oh, man. How about yourself? What, what are your favorite episodes? 
You know, I'm going to have to go with Emily Maynard's season. I loved that season. I loved her as um, the Bachelorette. And, you know, for some weird reason, I loved Brad Womack's second season. Those were my two favorites. So a little more old school, but the past season with JoJo was so good. That one was amazing. Yeah, it was so good and so, so tumultuous. Oh, so, so juicy. I love it. I, I love watching um, The Bachelor probably for the same reason that Russell does that the storytelling and the, the open hooks and the, the closing yeah. loops and stuff. It's just, it's, it's marketing genius is, is really what it is. So um, awesome. Well, I love that we can like, we can bond a little bit on, on The Bachelor. Okay. So um, I love Rachel, your tenacity to just dive into something and recognizing that you, even if you know just a little bit more than someone else that you're helping, you're offering them value. That's such an incredible principle that I pulled out from, from what you just shared. Thank you. So in terms of TikTok, I know that there's a lot of controversy going on with TikTok in terms of it being banned in some countries and things Mm -hmm. like that. I'm really curious from your expertise. um, Do you see the people on TikTok, are they there because of a specific age demographic or are they there because of the user interface and like if another platform like snapchat or something improved their user interface to be more tiktok like you could see a lot of users migrating over to a different platform like why why tiktok why why is it what is it about tiktok you know it's interesting because if you had asked this two years ago i would say oh it's definitely a gen z thing this platform it was very young when I jumped on. Um, I jumped on about two years ago. And before that, it was actually Musical.ly, in case anyone it didn't know that. Um, and Musical.ly was purchased by ByteDance in China, which rebranded it to TikTok. And so it used to be a very young demographic on the platform. And today, nearly 30% of users are over the age of 30. So isn't that a little bit shocking? Um, totally. I, I found that kind of crazy. And so there are a lot of people of different ages and backgrounds and beliefs. And what's so interesting about TikTok is that the platform is really well done. And so like, I know I used to play with Dub Smash. I tried Vine back in the day. And a lot of my students are jumping on to like just testing out um, Byte, which is Vine 2.0. And they're also testing, you know, Dub Smash and all these different platforms. And it just doesn't have the same cohesive feel. And I think what TikTok did so well is they stepped into the marketplace as the solution for the next generation. So when a platform starts young and then the older people come on the platform and bring the businesses and the money and the advertising dollars, that's a really good sign of staying power. And so there's such a critical mass and so many celebrities and there's just this entire culture on TikTok that's very, that has very deep roots. I just don't see another platform being able to replicate it easily. That is so interesting. So interesting. So, um, so, okay. I, I just, just like with Facebook. So I, I own a Facebook advertising agency and, and that's where, that's where I specialize, specialize. And there's different strategies with organic and paid. Um, how, how, how does it differ with TikTok? Like what are some things that you should consider if you're trying to push some organic, more viral type content versus, 
if you're going into the paid game with TikTok. And keep in mind, I know very, very little about TikTok. So you can even take, you can even take the question I should have asked uh, in that case. Okay, so there's one immediate like disqualifier for ads for almost all businesses, at least in the United States, at least across the board, almost 100%. The media spend minimum is $20,000 over seven days. So in order to even run TikTok ads, you have to be a pretty established company to be able to spend that, especially wow. since um, the analytics and metrics behind the scenes aren't caught up to Facebook. So for most businesses, that's going to be a gamble. Whereas there are a lot of Fortune 500s and Fortune 5000s totally jumping in and running TikTok ads. So for most of us, the answer isn't going to be, at least yet, TikTok ads. Most of us are going to go organic. And so what I would first recommend every single person do is say, do I want to go viral and reach everybody? Or do I want to build kind of slowly and build the right type of followers for my business? Now, the answer could be both. The answer could be one, it could be the other, it could be somewhere in between. For example, I like balancing very viral content, a very diverse audience, uh, because I like, I like people. Uh, but for a lot of business owners, it's going to make a lot more sense to go really deep, deliver a ton of value and become the go-to expert in their niche or industry on TikTok organically. That's so interesting. Super, super interesting. Okay. So, so for the majority of advertisers, it is a strictly organic game at this point. And so, so how does it, how does it work? Like, do you, when you gain followers, like, are you able to DM them like you do with Facebook or like, how do you get them from following you on TikTok into your business world where they can become a potential customer? For sure. So I use a combination of things. One thing that's different about TikTok is that most of the time there aren't clickable links. Some people do have clickable links available in videos or their profile, but for most of us, that's not the case. I just got mine unlocked, so I'm super happy about that. But most of the time what I do is I actually use TikTok as a top of funnel traffic driver, either to other social media platforms or to my email list or Obviously, webinars also build my email list just in a different way. So I drive people either to my YouTube channel and say, you know, if you want to learn more about this, I go in depth into this on my YouTube channel. You can check out this video here. Uh, I also will say, you know, send me a DM on Instagram if you have any questions about this. I'll answer all your questions. My team and I will support you. You can also drive people to, you know, trainings and drop links for that. At least at this point in time, that's still available. I'm sure they'll crack down on that at some point. Or you can say, you know, check out the link in my bio. Even if it isn't clickable, people can copy and paste it. Interesting. And, and are you like, is, is TikTok for you? Um, are you in like a big experiment, experimental phase with it? Or like, have you been able to say like, yes, this has definitely made an impact on my business. And it's something that I'm investing in as a very viable top of funnel strategy. Ooh, I would say that we have already more than doubled down. Um, it was about seven, no, maybe eight or nine months ago that my experimental phase ended and I had, you know, 7,000 followers and I was like, it is time to double down. My team started seeing people saying, I found Rachel from TikTok. I, uh, I love Rachel's content on TikTok. And that's when they were like, 
it's time to seriously go all in. So I went from posting maybe once or twice a day, um, not being super consistent to completely switching to this is an essential in my business. We, we create seven, uh, three to seven pieces of content per day on TikTok. Wow. And I've even tested going you know, to 50 times per day. That did not make a difference, thankfully. But, but I know that this platform is worth the time that we're investing into it. We're all in. We're not at the phase where we're wanting to experiment with the TikTok ads yet, but I am about to start running some ads for some clients on TikTok. That's so exciting. So, and I, so, um, I know that one of the benefits of like, for example, focusing on YouTube or like with a podcast is it's, it's relatively easy to repurpose that content across other platforms and make adjustments to it, to, to show that content with TikTok. It seems like, like TikTok content is very specific to TikTok. So like, do you have content there that you repurpose elsewhere or do you, it is like your TikToks get um, plan just completely separate from your YouTube and Facebook mm. strategy? Right now, it's almost 100% separate from my strategies on other platforms, with the exception being I often use TikTok as a traffic driver for new YouTube videos, and that has been crushing it. So that's been one way that we've gone about um, things. But all of the content I put on TikTok Outside of TikTok, it feels a little bit weird with the exception of some <laughs> uh, TikToks that I will share on a, on, on like an Instagram story or on a Facebook story, but it doesn't make sense on other platforms. It feels really weird. Yeah. It's so, it's very, very different. Um, and do you find that TikTok draws in a certain type of customer for your business or like, is it pretty much like, like is it just like one segment of your customer base or, or is it you're getting very similar customers from TikTok as you would from other platforms? You know, I, I find that it is a blue ocean, which has been really neat. So for example, people will say, oh my gosh, um, I've never heard of a social media manager or what is a funnel? They'll say those kind of things that show me, oh, this is a totally new audience. This is different than who we've all been running Facebook ads to, you know, the, fighting for the same people in a way. So like, it was so cool for me to experience that blue ocean for the first time, but it's also brought me new opportunities for sponsorship on a level that I never had before. So with my, most of my offers, people are like, what is this? I've never heard of this or they're brand new to it. And so that's the biggest thing I've discovered is it's more people that haven't been exposed to the same messages before. That's so neat. And is that, has that created its own challenges because like you need more introductory products than someone that has a little bit more awareness or higher level of education? Or like, are you like, oh, this is, this is my, these are my people and I want to bring them in from the beginning and nurture them with your specific processes? You know, I've really been diving in deep into, um, why am I forgetting his name? I want to say Eugene Schwartz. Yeah, I want to say Eugene Schwartz um, book about advertising. I'm totally blanking on his name. It's a sign it's time for coffee. But um, oh, his book dives into five different segments of the market and discovering like where they are, how aware they are, how aware they are of solutions, uh, how fed up they are with other solutions. And there's these five different phases that you can really, you know, connect with people in. And so I do like to create content in all of those different phases and, and bring people from different 
levels of awareness into my business. I'm not super picky. People can be, you know, experienced business owners, or they can be like, this is new to me. I've never, you know, done this. I'm, I'm totally open. I love it. That is so cool. Yeah. I love, I love those, those levels of awareness. I use that very much in, in my own agency because I find that oftentimes clients will, they'll create their ads for one level of awareness, but then their funnel is built for another. And so there's this huge disconnect and it causes issues with their, with their CPA and yes. um, their ability to acquire clients at a reasonable, you know, margin. So um, that's so smart. So smart. Okay. So I always ask this question to every guest that I have, and it is this, what small marketing strategy or tactic has made the biggest difference in your business and why? Ooh, easily consistency. I wish that there was some like razzle dazzle showboat answer, but it's like, literally that is the one thing that solves so much in marketing you know, holes, uh, and sales and, and trust and relationships with consumers consistency. If you show up consistently for a week and then disappear for a month, how do people know you're not going to do the same thing in the programs that they purchase? Oh, that is such, such a good answer. And that's something it's, I, I think as a, as a growing business, it's easy to struggle with that, right? Because like you have like this space of time where you're able to batch out this content and then once it's used up, if you don't create that time and space to create more content, you're feeling stressed in another area of the business. And, but I've, I've seen that same thing is that the more I'm consistent, the more people are willing to come into my business. And I see that for my clients as well. So that is, we didn't need a razzle dazzle. We needed yeah. the truth. And that was, that was great, pure truth. That's so good. So yeah. good. Um, okay. So do you have any suggestions like along that line in terms of how people can be consistent, especially a, a lot of my listeners are in this, the solopreneur phase. Like how do you create consistency when you're, when you're wearing every hat in your business? Ooh, so this is going to be interesting. Consistency is easier when you are focusing on simplicity. So when you're a solopreneur, you're going to feel so much pressure to be everywhere and be everything to everyone. And one of the things that I wish someone had told me early on, so I didn't go down the rabbit hole of working way too many hours per week is that I would do best by focusing on one or two platforms in the beginning and then build up my revenue, hire some support, and it makes it a lot easier to expand to other platforms. So choose like one thing to be consistent with. Maybe it's, I'm going to email my list once a week. And that's one habit that you build out consistently. And then once you've got that going and you've got a good groove with it, then you're like, okay, I am going to go live on my Facebook page once a week. And so a couple of things that can be really helpful with that include time blocking. That has been a game changer in my business. And the second big thing is a book called Atomic Habits. I love Atomic Habits. Have you read it? I have not, but I'm, I'm oh. ordering it as soon as we get off. I think that that one has quickly moved into my top 10 because it was so impactful on not just my business, but my life. Mm, I love that. So good. Um, okay. So I, I love that it, you, you can't underestimate the power of simplicity and it's so much easier. You're exactly right to be consistent. Okay. So as from agency owner to agency owner, I do have a question. What percentage of your business is done for you agency type clients? And then what is your, 
your courses and more of your content conception stuff? How do you, how do you balance those two? Yeah. So in the past, we've always run two businesses in the past. It was usually pretty close to 50, 50 for way longer than I expected it would be. And then we started seeing done for you creeping down to about 40% and, um, coaching products, et cetera, at about 60%. But then we actually switched our agency model into more of like a shark tank kind of uh, model, which is really cool. So we only work now with clients that we come in uh, as equity partners with, and that has been incredible. I don't recommend it for most businesses from the beginning because it means you're not going to make any money month one, but then you build up the revenue and start to see, okay, this is starting to pay off over time. So like my goal, it obviously it's harder to break down the percentages when we're building a totally different model. But my goal is by the time I'm 40 to, you know, be partners in a hundred businesses, that's kind of my goal. And to be seeing most of them having success. That's, that's amazing. I need to like schedule a separate call to talk with you about that. Cause I'm working on a separate project right now. Um, focused with, with e-commerce brands starting budding e-commerce brands that, uh, we're looking into potentially some equity deals to help them as well. And so I would love to, to pick your brain if you ever, if you ever have a minute for that. Um, I love that because you're, you know, you're taking on the higher risk in the beginning, but the greater reward and with the team and with your experience, um, that's just amazing. So are you, are you marketing yourself as a full solutions marketing, um, firm, or are you like focusing in on like specific platforms or is it, is it client dependent? It's totally client dependent, a hundred percent custom. We build out everything from the funnels to the email automations, to the Facebook ads, to the YouTube strategy, whatever is needed. Um, but the interesting thing is we haven't even marketed ourselves yet and we're getting applications all the time for it. So it's a hundred percent just word of mouth and reputation right now. And so that's been really neat. Like I haven't even thought about how to build out our own marketing for it because we haven't needed to. We actually filled all of our, we had six spots available for the rest of 2020 and we filled all six of them within two weeks of making this possible. And so then I was like, okay, I guess that makes it pretty simple. So then we'll probably take on somewhere between five and 10, you know, businesses over the next year. After. That's so exciting. Yeah. Oh man. I am cheering for you big time. That is seriously so exciting. All right. Well, I've got one last question for you in our last minute here. And it is this, uh, what, what, what's been the biggest internal transformation that's happened for you as you've been on this entrepreneurial journey? Oh my gosh. Um, can I say everything? Is that like, okay. Um, learning that your business is really a mirror for your own personal growth and development was huge and learning that I can't outwork my own personal limitations. It, you have to face them. Business is like a, a crash course through therapy and it's painful and awesome. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's, it brings all of your strengths and your weaknesses right into your face and you have the opportunity to, to tackle them or not. Um, it's, it's one of the reasons I love, I love being an entrepreneur as well. Okay. So Rachel, how can people follow you, get in touch with you, find you on TikTok? What are the details to, uh, to follow the great Rachel Peter Peterson? 
<laughs> the fastest way to find me is my website, and that is rachelpeterson.com. All E's and a D in my last name. You can find all my social media, my free resources, my trainings, um, the free ones, all on my website. Awesome. All right. Well, my friend, thank you so much for being on the Marketing Matrix and for sharing your heart, sharing your journey, even pulling back the curtain a little bit on your business to tell us what's going on and also what you are working to create. Uh, we are watching you and we're following you and we are just so grateful to, to have you. And uh, thanks for showing up every single day and being consistent and being that example of, of what you talked about. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Marketing Matrix podcast. As we got to some serious strategy from Rachel Peterson, the queen of TikTok marketing herself. In our next episode, Josh Forty offers some major insight on content and why every business needs to be producing it. Guys, we are getting some powerhouse people on this podcast, so keep listening in. If you haven't accessed the Marketing Matrix toolbox with free resources and tools from our podcast guests to help you in your business, you are doing yourself a serious disservice. So get on that. And to do so, go to toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com to gain access. And remember, you're always invited, you're always invited to join our marketing conversations in the Facebook group. The Facebook group is called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Brands. Hop on in with others trying to master the ad game and scale their business at facebook.com slash group slash FB ad ninjas. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time on The Marketing Matrix.